0: You are listening to Courageous Leadership the podcast with me Diana Osagi, the author of the book Courageous Leadership. This is the place where inspirational leaders and everyday heroes share their inside story of leadership. Today's episode takes place on the Courageous Couch as we have a deeper talk with a leader who has climbed up the rough side of the mountain and conquered now they are willing to share with us warts and all. Let's dive in. Guys, again, welcome. This is an episode of The Courageous Couch. And as always, I let my guests introduce themselves and to say what they do for a living.
1: Long, long list. Hi, I'm Joseph Williams. I am the co-founder of an LGBTQ disability charity called Parapride, the founder of Included AI and non-executive advisor to education campaigns around the world. Oh,
0: so you're not busy then, part-timer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just refocusing of priorities, I think.
0: I like it, I like it. Come on, I mean, let's just let the listeners know where did we meet, how, how did we meet, as in how you hounded me down until I until I agreed, go on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Stalking <laughs> you for months. Um, <laughs> we, we met during a stint when I was working back in the education sector mm-hmm. and was trying to find, in my view, the most influential voice in the secondary oh, education uh, sector. <laughs> To help inspire and share stories of possibility and pathways to greatness for educators, and I think I think easily about ten people recommended that I find you, Diana.
0: Oh, that's so nice. glad I did. That's nice. I remember when you first was it at the email or whatever. I said, was, was like, who is this? <laughs> you know? and he goes, can we meet? I don't know you.
1: <laughs> Talking like he knows me.
0: Yeah. But then and then we did. We got together, and it's been what two years
1: three
0: three years you don't, we don't count lockdown as a year do we it's just that's like a space in time exactly. yeah but three years but absolutely so it's a pleasure to have you here with me Joseph on the courageous couch and on this couch I say the guests are pledged to share a leadership challenge that they faced the consequence of the challenge and strategies that they used to overcome and to move forward so let's talk Talk to me, what was the leadership challenge?
1: I think it's it, it was and will always continue to be, I think for most people, a leadership challenge. But my personal one that I'd like to speak today is around mental health.
0: Okay, mental health a big one. I was, I was thinking, okay, which segment, where, where should we go into? That? So was there a trigger? Was it always there? Was it always negative? Did it become negative? Then, you know, talk to me about it.
1: Mm, there, there is some fantastic, well, almost a quorum amongst psychologists that says that we spend our adulthood undoing the trauma of our childhood. <laughs> and I think, particularly in West, well, actually, less so now, actually, but you know, particularly in British culture, we have a an aversion to talking about our feelings. There's no formal education program around tapping into communicating how you feel you either are fortunate to have that exposure or not and unfortunately the the the, the majority of people don't have that exposure so we have swathes of the population as many as one in two people now walking around with poor mental health conditions and not dealing with that trauma and pain and working out how to fix it. So for me, that was uh, something that I only recognized maybe three years ago, a good 15 years into my career, that I had this bank of unresolved issues that were so significantly affecting my potential, but I'd never even recognized it. It took one person that happened to just ask me how I was doing and ask a little bit more how I was doing, for me to even tap into the fact that I was carrying this weight on my back. And this is the what I wanted to try and get through today, Diana, because I think so many people, particularly people that sit in positions of leadership who come from diverse communities, who start from a place of, I'm not welcome here. There's all of these other triggers that exist within us that we almost normalize not addressing at the detriment of how much we shine and enable ourselves to shine for others as leaders.
0: Well, you know, when you said one in two people may be walking around with negative mental health, do you really think it's that many? I mean, we're talking half the people we meet every day. I'm talking adults here, so (laughs) you mean adults by that. Half the adults are walking around with negative mental health?
1: Reports psychology today excellent publication read it but reports have been coming out for years It uh, started in one in four maybe about 10 years ago escalating and escalating to as, as many as one in two
0: wow. we're seeing today that that's it, it's it's hard to imagine isn't it it's just hard mm-hmm. to when i think of there's another statistic one in two of us in our lifetime will get cancer you think my goodness mm-hmm. what half the people i know i know We'll have that. And then you're saying, and I'm thinking, now the other half may have mental health issues that are negative. It, it's but we don't we don't have the um the thing about we have the thing about I'm a cancer survivor, I'm mm. fighting cancer. And there's these very strong, rigorous, robust narrative around those physical those physical, health. Those physical mental health. But we don't I don't think I've ever heard anyone say I'm a mental health survivor.
1: Well, that's something that I do talk about um, a lot. Yeah, I talk about that a lot because... There's normalizing. I mean, I always say, you know, if you break your leg, you won't walk around and wait for it to heal. You'll go to your doctor and you'll get, you'll get support because that's, that's something that you can tangibly quantify because that pain is something that is a lot more chemical, a lot more physical in your body. These chemical impacts of of, of trauma, loss, anxiety, depression, whether you've got like OCD, I've got ADHD. These The, the way that that poor health can manifest itself are often so subtle that you don't notice it and feel it until you actually take time to invest in your in your mental health and your well-being. And, you know, I think one of the things that you mentioned to me that you would like to get from this are these kind of ways in which people can check in and help themselves and make sure that they aren't walking around with any more additional weight than they need to, particularly in environments where you're dealing with vulnerable people with young people even if you're working in an office you know there's lots of people you come into it come into contact with on a daily basis and there might be many people particularly at leadership level where you have direct responsibility for so this notion i love it you know every single time we get on an airplane we're told to put our own oxygen mask on first but in our day-to-day lives we are almost societally told that that is the wrong thing to do yes. and that is a bad thing to do and how dare you be so egotistical and self-centered to think about yourself
0: before, before others. education before the children
1: 100% like, yeah you, know,
0: you, you must you know grind yourself into the dust before you before you know before the children and all that kind of thing. i, I understand that it's like mm. what was the the trigger for you where you said, I think there's something wrong here.
1: I was working in an organization where I was being treated very, very, very badly. And I told a friend about it and she said, Why do you put up with that? And I said, Well, it doesn't bother me. Like they're just, they're rude to me. They they talk down to me. They call me derogatory words for homosexual people like it, it, on the daily basis. but i'm like i don't mind about it you know it's just part of life and she said i, th- I think there's a bit of a disconnect there between what you think is okay and what yes. you're willing to accept for yourself versus what, what you is should be for?
0: yeah
1: you should be expect- expecting expecting yourself And that was just one, literally that one conversation, it started this entire unravelling of, well, hold on. Why why am I accepting that? Why am I allowing other people to treat me badly? Why am I not standing up for myself? Where is that self-respect? Where is that courage? Where is that resilience that I knew I had at some point in my life, but just disappeared? So invested in a counsellor, a coach for the first time, in my professional career and within months had established that there was trauma from a period of my life that uh, was very intense, that I'd never resolved and that had carried around with me but had eaten away at me slowly over time to the point where that spark, that flame, that kind of that little pillar of belief that kind of fosters inside of you had completely diminished. And now I'm kind of uh, coaching people quite regularly in a professional capacity. And one of the things that we see time and time and time again is incredible people who have no idea of how powerful they are Mm. because they've just allowed the the, the walls to close in on them and not really found that inner strength and power to stand up for themselves.
0: So do you think that not standing up for yourself and allowing people who are paying you for work, so this is not... Mm family members or people that you necessarily love so the relationships that the professional one but you're allowing professionals to you know walk over your emotions and, and walk over your self-esteem was that because you were slightly depressed in yourself anxious okay. about the outcome if you did say something where was the mental health thing in that
1: we all <clears throat> again that the, the psychology of employment is So one-sided, we feel almost grateful to people for paying us to do the thing that they can't do without us. You know, we 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 in many ways do actually hold the power as people who have the skills and the talents that the organization needs to operate. But we forget that when we don't have that's a pillar of self-belief, when imposter syndrome becomes rife. Again, when you come from a diverse background, you instinctively come from a place where you start feeling on the back foot you start by feeling less because every single data point around you tells you that you are Mm. and so that plus trauma plus not having that confidence or safety the psychological safety to explore or challenge that in the environment you're in catalyzes to you the people becoming shells of themselves but accepting it because we feel grateful to be in the places of work that we're in
0: so you're almost like walk like a walking shadow of yourself. That's like exactly. You need someone or something to happen for you to realise this is the state I'm in. Hmm. You, you, you thought it was normal.
1: Exactly. You you normalise that existence. You just normalise that existence. So from that point of, I mean. It, any, anybody when you ask them to you know kind of step one I always say is you know if you can stand in front of the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself you think you're gorgeous you think you're perfect you think you're what well, perfect may be a stretch but uh, you know <laughs> you think you're, you think you're an exceptional <laughs> version of yourself and you are living your truth and you are living your purpose and you can look at yourself square in the mirror and you can say that to yourself without feeling awkward then you're well into your pathway of self-actualization mm-hmm. but most people probably more than one in two, probably about 80, 90% of us will not be able to look at ourselves in sincerity in the mirror and say those things about ourselves because we're told that that is negative. So my, my, my kind of journey into self-actualization has been realizing that actually this is about putting my own oxygen mask on first. This is about realizing that all of this, 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 this encouragement that I used to get from other people that lifted and elevated me that I was actively looking for because it had been diminished all of that I could manifest within myself and I would stand in front of the mirror every single morning and tell myself that I was worthy that I was better than that, I deserved more and I could get more and these are the things I have to do to get there and I told myself that until I believed it I, you know, I always say that no one expects to sit down at a piano and, you know, bash out Beethoven.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> I like and, that. And bash out Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: colloquialising something that is legitimately <laughs> <laughs> an effort, but getting to a place of self-love and self-empowerment, and which is the antidote to to to, to poor mental health, is you know there there are obviously conditions that are. Deeply rooted, so like I mentioned before, I have ADHD. That's not really going anywhere, but I can, through positive empowerment and recognizing that there is strength within that, changing the narratives around it, you can create a paradigm shift in your outlook, in your in what you what you have within you to to drive you through the times that would usually send you spiraling even further downwards. Your boss tells you you're underperforming and everything is, you know, everything is going to pots and you're going on a performance plan. Most people will crumble at that. That will be the worst thing that you can ever hear. Some people might say, well, okay, if you if you have that pillar of belief beneath you, you might in that moment say, well, okay, so. Where has been the performance before this point? Performance management before this point. How have things got to this place? How can we improve? Yeah. When you're, when you have more belief in yourself and your ability and your capability, you feel more capable of correcting the situations you find yourself in.
0: I understand. So, what would you say if somebody was listening to? If I hope there's more than if people who are listening now. If you said here are the three things I would say if you want to start on that way of overcoming start a journey of recovery here are three three pillars that you need to really consider what would you say
1: starts with being honest with yourself honesty is always the best policy if you think that you're stuck in a rut ask yourself the last time you were genuinely or you felt happy when you felt fulfilled when you felt purpose in what you were doing and try and track back as to where where that stopped and why that stopped so Really understand your current state. If you need someone else's support to help with that, that's fine. Secondly, I am the biggest proponent of othering negativity. So when you stand in front of your head teacher's door because you're going to go and ask for a pay rise or your CEO's door because you want to ask for a pay rise. But then that voice inside you says, not today. That is the manifestation of every single other person ever telling you no, you can't, or no, oh, you shouldn't. Oh, I
0: like it. I get it. Yeah.
1: So by creating, call it—I call it—I call him Mike. And so whenever Mike's voice comes into my head, I say, "Shut up, Mike. Not today. Thank you for your opinion, but I'm not bringing it with me." And it feels ridiculous, Dinah. Like standing in front of the mirror, it feels ridiculous, but. Do it, othering this and making it making yourself consciously aware that it is not part of your destiny to have it's that the
0: voice. of others and you put those voices into one being and call it Sasha or whatever, you yeah. yours Mike.
1: Exactly. I love
0: it but you, you talk to Sasha, you talk to Mike, you say take a seat, I'm going to do what I need to do but thank you very much for your opinion. I, I, get, it that. I get
1: that. Feels absurd, yes, it, the,
0: feel the, absurd, yeah. it feels
1: absurd but it feels absurd but It is releasing if imposter syndrome is something you have ever suffered with, which 82 percent of people may. There's almost an even gender split in imposter syndrome. It's significant. Everyone has that feeling of doubt. That feeling of doubt can be othered out of your existence. And then the third, the third piece of advice is create a control group, create a network of support around you, whether it be professional, whether it be personal, whether it be someone that you're paying in a coaching mentoring therapy capacity. We all most well most of us pay for a gym membership or have done online fitness classes, this, that, the other over the last year. Your yes. mental health should be prioritized just as much as you prioritize your your physical health. And that comes through creating this infrastructure of improvement in the same way.
0: That's just, I mean, you can write a book, but that'll be a booklet that would be just like gold. You know, I can imagine lots of people leading better lives. If those three things became pillars in the way they worked, in the way they, when they thought about themselves.
1: Coming 2022.
0: You're going to write, you're going to write a book? I'm already oh, writing it, story? Diana. You're... I'm already writing it. Can you tell us the title?
1: No, that always comes last. Oh. That God. always comes last.
0: <laughs> OK, will you promise to come back on when the book's written?
1: I promise to give a free copy to every person that's ever signed up to the Academy of Women's Leadership.
0: Oh, well, there we go. (laughs) Those of you who are on the Academy of Women's Leadership, did you just hear what Joseph has just said to you? This book, oh, is the title written yet or is it just a secret?
1: We have, no, 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 no. It's not a secret. I I am a firm believer in the same way that when you write an article, you always put the headline last. I'm, I'm... a few chapters, through. A few
0: um, chapters but through how exciting the
1: working title is the equation of happiness
0: i had no idea you were writing a book and now i now i'm inquisitive and curious and i want to know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> oh it's been a pleasure as always speaking with you i am desperate for lockdown to end so we can go out and just
1: have fun again i completely agree We need more Michelle Obama in our
0: lives. (laughs) Looking forward to that. But for now, Joseph Williams, if people want to engage with you, engage with your content, can they find your social media? Do you have a website?
1: Yeah, well, not so much a website. I mean, all of the organisations I'm affiliated with have websites, but you can find me on Joseph Williams on LinkedIn. And I'm the one with my pronouns, he, him, his, after my name.
0: Got it. Perfect. Okay, guys, what can we say? We say thank you very much to Joseph Williams, who spent some time with me on the Courageous Couch. You have been listening to Courageous Leadership, the podcast with me, your host, Diana Esaghi, the author of the book Courageous Leadership, available on Amazon now. You can reach me on LinkedIn, Twitter or via the website CourageousLeadership.com. .co.uk. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until then, goodbye.